All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Alliance Guys podcast. This is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. With me is Kevin Douglas, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. He is He has been so kind to give us his time. He's actually not a guest anymore. He's an official Alliance guy, and he's going to be on our show for the weeks coming up. And, and we're here to talk NWA, guys. That's what I'm passionate about. Kevin spent many years representing the NWA as a champion, as a competitor. And uh, we're here just to talk NWA. And, of course, we're going to talk about what happened on this week's uh, pay-per-view. Uh, excuse me, not pay-per-view, but the, uh, the uh, YouTube show, NWA Power. Um, Kevin, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. And uh, I can't tell you how honored uh and excited and how much of a privilege it is uh, just to have a chance uh each week to come out and talk about wrestling obviously coming from the national wrestling alliance and spending a lot of the time that i spent uh in terms of my relevance as a wrestler with the national wrestling alliance it's a lot of fun to get on here and get to talk about it uh tell you what i saw during the show i um, mean even every now and then maybe tell you what, what i think about the state of wrestling as it stands because, you know, the NWA is not the only wrestling game in town. And sometimes to get the full picture of what's even happening today, if somebody were to come listen to the show uh, five years from now or ten years from now, uh, maybe give them a little context of, of what's happening in the, in the whole world of wrestling uh, as well as the NWA relates to that. And now speaking of context, and, and, and you and I had some conversation offline, but mm-hmm. I, I, I really want to just kind of tease the audience here. You know, I know that's an insider. You, you tease the audience. You give them a little taste of what's to come. Um, the Rock and Roll Express are your new NWA <clears throat> tag team champions. And uh, I know you. Uh, I know. I know you're ready to go <laughs> off. I know you're ready to 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 push the button. But let's 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 hold off on that because you know in Atlanta, Georgia. And in the uh, the the public broadcasting studios, there were very few people upset about that victory. But I know you you have uh, more than two cents to share, so we'll get to that momentarily. Um, but let's get to NWA Power now. This was the season finale. Um, a lot of people aren't sure what that means. That means there will be no more shows until next season, which oddly enough will kick off on December seventeenth which is just three, three days after the pay-per-view, literally uh, two days after the first TV taping. So the production side of the National Wrestling Alliance really is going to have a huge turnaround in such a short time. They're going to produce a full-hour television uh, in two days. Wow. Um, that sounds pretty crazy, right? It does, but you got to think. Uh, there are you know half a dozen wrestling promotions out there uh, right now producing content like that so it's not totally unheard of and i think the fans really enjoy sometimes the rawness uh that comes from that type of stuff you know we we had a whole show on jim Cornette and right. all the issues that that went on with that of course that was uh that was its own its own animal and i think this will also help the nwa uh in a way that if things don't go great, we can we can say, hey, this is part of the growing pains, and and they may not catch so much flack. Uh, I, I give <laughs> I give them a little bit of um, I give them a little bit of leeway. 
all in all, I just think that when you have – that what they were really trying to do is present a, a product that the fans can love, a throwback wrestling product that maybe lifelong wrestling fans can identify with, but at the same time, they can give some more content, uh, some more uh, nostalgia, some history to the new fans or the younger fans to kind of, you know, have something to connect it with. And so I commend the NWA. I always commend anybody that takes all the time and the effort and the money uh, that it takes to put something together like they're doing. Uh, it, even when they make mistakes and they don't, don't do things wrong. To me, it's a little spoiled, uh, kind of like a spoiled mentality to uh, expect, expect anybody in any level to be perfect. WWE, uh, in, you know, uh, TNA, Ring of Honor, uh, AEW, any of these events uh, that, that are working so hard and have wrestlers and producers and, and just people all over the place just busting their butts to try to put on the best, uh, the best product that they can. I mean, I know Dave Marquez personally, and I know he's, he's given everything he has to this, and he right. always does. And so it's hard for me to, to kind of have a – to be too negative towards the, the, whole, the whole production itself if they're making honest mistakes that, that aren't really intentional. I mean, I think if the whole Jim Cornette thing was on purpose, I think maybe you have a little something to be mad at them about. But again, I don't, I don't think it was a, an intentional screw up to make everybody mad. And, and, and you, you know, for more than one person, I've heard that there's this huge conspiracy because uh, I, I don't know if you, how closely you follow the NWA Twitter account, yeah. but uh, weeks ago um, they showed, um, uh, Wade Barrett, Stu Barrett at uh, a, a Smashing Pumpkins concert, and he was there talking to uh, Dave Lagana and, uh, of course, Billy Corgan. And now everyone is saying, "Oh, so this this was the plan all along to get rid of Jim Cornette. We let him say something stupid and let and let him take the heat for it, and either fire him or he'll quit. And then you could bring in Stu Bennett and, and everything. Stu Barrett, excuse me, and and everything is fine." And, no, guys, I don't think that's what happened. Uh, I don't think the NWA is that nefarious. I don't, honestly, I don't think that, uh, you know, if they had a problem with uh, Jim Cornette, again, this was never a full time gig for Corny. Uh, he could have walked anytime he wanted to. And to be honest, if you ever listen to his podcast, it, yep. he, he hates traveling, he hates driving in Atlanta. Um, I don't think he was long for the show, anyways. I think at some point he was going to, you know, maybe take a step back and do strictly just pay-per-views or maybe nothing at all. Maybe he was, he would walk away from the company. I mean, we can't really say, um, cause it was a cush, a cush gig for him. I mean, he was only working two days a week for like six, uh, eight weeks of television, nine weeks of television. So, but, uh, needless to say, um, that controversy kind of led into last week's show, Yeah, which, Oh my gosh, Kevin, that was a train wreck, buddy. <laughs> well, the funny thing for me was that like, you asked me like, did you watch the show last week? And it's, it's crazy. I, I did, but I actually forgot uh, because it really made that little of an impact on me. Uh, you know, for me as a wrestler, like the fans are, the, I, I will honestly say that the fans were probably one of the biggest part of the, of the show for me. And you, you, you got to see me come, you know, live to Hollywood, like, I mean, I would turn my back on camera and get in trouble all the time just because <laughs> because I wanted to interact with the people. Uh, right. So to not have people in the audience uh, for a match for me uh, personally, uh, even as a as a former wrestler or even as a fan, it just didn't do a whole lot for me. And then the whole recap shows 
you know, I, I just I, I'm not sure what the whose idea it was. I'm I'm not trying to knock anybody. Like I said, I just took however long trying to defend everybody involved. So you know, <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm really on their side. But I just didn't think it was much of a. I, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Let's just leave it at that and just say uh, it wasn't a very memorable show. And I don't think we're even going to take a whole lot of time. I, I'm not going to take any more time talking about it because as you were saying off air, then this, this show this week was actually one of the better shows they put on. Well, let, let me just pontificate for a moment because I've got some <laughs> Please pent pontificate. Up, I've got some pent up promo aggression that I need to let out. Please. First and first and foremost, I don't know what the plan was. Okay. I don't know what, I, I, I don't have a script. I don't have the 20 year plan. That's, been uh, the the phrase that was made famous by Lagana and Billy Corgan. I don't know what the plan was, but mm -hmm. I know that when I was in Atlanta, they taped two days for four hours, which equals eight hours of recorded television. Now, mm -hmm. if you stretch that out, yeah, you could probably get nine hours of TV by breaking up and, and, and doing a lot of backstage promos, doing some skit, or maybe even, um, you know, there was a defense, uh, a world title defense in uh, Milwaukee. Maybe they could have used some of that, the matches from that show, and brought that to uh, NWA Power to kind of stretch it out. And I think if they would have done that, that would have been a better use of mm -hmm. the what we got. I, mm -hmm. I, I really feel like that show, um, it just was a disappointment. And, and uh, Eli Drake took to Twitter because a lot of people were accusing the NWA of trying to edit out Jim Cornette, which we mm -hmm. saw that that wasn't the case. It was just, that was always going to be the light show. And it kind of makes sense. It was Thanksgiving weekend or Thanksgiving week. Uh, you yourself was traveling. A lot of people were traveling to, to be with loved ones during the holidays. So I think they always knew that that was going to be a, a week, a light week for them. Um, but I mean, if that was the case, why not just, uh, Put uh, put Nick Aldis uh, in a chair by a fireplace and have him talk about his favorite title defenses in the last two years. Or why not As, give Ricky Starks a good fifteen minute match where we can see his awesome skills in the ring? I mean, come on, give the people what they want. Sure. Well, I, you know, and but then again, you know, there's there's ten weeks of television between the pay per view that's happening on December fourteenth, which is available at Fight TV. You guys can go ahead, uh, make sure you order before the seventh because. After the seventh, the price goes up to twenty four ninety nine. You can get it now for nineteen ninety nine. That's a discount, and who doesn't want to save money this time of year? But ah. uh, yeah, that that was a free promo, Lagana. You're welcome. Um, but the 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 other part of it is, um, you know, they they recorded nine weeks of television for a ten week period, and they recorded eight hours of programming. Now, the first, I, I want to say the first six episodes, the first seven episodes, they were packed with wrestling. They could have done things to stretch this thing out. And like you said, a 15-minute man, match with Ricky Starks, hey, I'm all about that. Or, you know, there was a match in Hollywood with Ricky Starks and Caleb Conley. Why, you know, why not just Woo! bring that over and Give show that? that? Yeah, I, I would have loved to see that match. Give and I know that, that was on, and it was on Hollywood. It was on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You guys could go check out their channel on fight TV and, and check that match out. But uh, there are so many things they could have done. We got what we got. It is what it is. It's time to move on. Um, yep. and, and this week was a great rebound show. Um, and it, it wasn't just a great rebound show. It was a great episode. This was what absolutely what they needed after the last two weeks. 
And, you know, I'm not going to say all is forgiven and I'm not going to say every NWA fan who turned their nose up when Cornette left is coming back. But this was the kind of show that you could really build some momentum on. Unfortunately, it, it was the season finale, but, um, you know, we're only a few weeks away from more NWA power. And I'm personally, I'm looking forward to it. Now the show kicked off again with Joe Galley, um, in his little makeshift studio, uh, telling us that this was the season finale and, uh, that, um, that excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. That uh, you know, this is this is it before the pay per view. They started kind of running down the pay per view before the show even started. I, I forgot to mention that you know the pre show that they leads up to the start of the show or they have that countdown. They did a mm-hmm. great job of telling retelling the story of what's going on with Nick Aldis and Camille, agreed, uh, and James Storm, and it was kind of a good recap without yeah. wasting a whole lot of actual well, TV time. Well, if you'd never watched the show, sorry to just butt in there, but no, if you never watched the show and you watch that intro, I really think you're almost kind of caught up a little bit. It, and it almost makes you want to go back and see what happened uh, leading up to it to get a little more, get a little more uh, context for the show. But I just wanted to throw that in. Cause I thought that was a great job that they did. No, you're, and you're absolutely right. Now um, this week I decided to take really good notes. In fact, I watched the show twice just to make sure that I had everything set up so when you look at the already eighty-five thousand plus views you know two of those were jay cal <laughs> i i take that um so the first match we already have sixty-one thousand people watching live wow and excuse me i said sixty-one thousand. that's not correct excuse me six thousand one hundred sorry <laughs> sixty-one thousand is a lot more impressive sixty-one hundred is kind of in line with what they've been getting in fact it was up from the previous show, which, you know, again, if, if anyone was watching that show, they knew right away what that show was. So already we had a, a, a greater audience streaming live at, at six Oh five Eastern. Um, the first match was stated, uh, was slated to be Ricky Starks taking on Colt boom, boom cabana. And what would mm. be an exhibition match. You got some two cents. Let's hear it, baby. Let's go, Kevin. Well, honestly, as a, of course, a, a diehard, lifelong Ricky Starks fan <clears throat> and a somewhat fan of Colt Cabana as well. Not uh, Let me rephrase that. I really like Colt Cabana, just not as much <laughs> as I like Ricky Starks. That's um, fair. Ma- mainly, yeah, I, I, I wish I – a lot of times I have critiques of people, and I know sometimes people critique Colt Cabana, but I say as an actual wrestler who wrestled, what he does is not easy. It's just right. not. And there are right. many times I've watched his matches – where things will happen, I'll just go, dang, how did he do that? And it's not <laughs> the moves, it's not the moves and all that, it's the timing. It's that it's the it's the some of the things that he does so second hand. You just it, it's just not something that just the everyday wrestler can do. Even now, guys Kevin, that you may know as household names can't do some of the stuff that he does. Let, let me butt in real quick because I sure you you were in the ring, so let's add, let me ask you a question. Cole Cabana isn't a cruiserweight by any stretch and I'm not calling him a fat ass, but he's not, he's not Ricky Starks. Sure. But the way he, the way he moves around the ring, I mean, he seems very light on his feet. Mm -hmm. I I mean that, that Superman dive pin that he did uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's to me, that's an awesome way to pin somebody, (laughs) but like a guy that big, how does he move around the ring like that? Well, it's funny. So I bring this up. I say this all the time because, you know, my buddy Bull, we traveled together uh, for years right. and we trained together and all that. And I mean, you can look at me and look at Bull and make a lot of assumptions about our athletic ability. Right. But 
one thing you wouldn't know looking at Bull, who's, you know, round, big, 300-pound guy. Uh, we wouldn't classify him as a hard body by any stretch. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, Bull can hit a baseball a mile. You know, wow. the guy, I mean, the guy, the guy is a great athlete. Um, he can, he could move like you wouldn't believe in. And I just say, look at, look at offensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, there right. are so many professional athletes in the, in sports that you just go, okay, you know, just because someone doesn't have a six pack and abs does not mean that they're not a great athlete. And that's kind of what I would say about Cole Cabana. You can just see by the way he moves around that he's athletic. He may not be have the body of a guy like Ricky Starks. But at the same time, I look at Cole Cabana and go, hey, he looks like a wrestler. You know, no, and that's more important. That's more important than, you know, having veins in your abs, though I, though I always felt like that was important for me. But <laughs> it, it, at the same time, I don't th- I as a as like, you know, as a fan, I can I can separate the two as a fan. Somebody that just likes to watch wrestling. I always love the big guys, you know, especially big guys that can move around as long as what they do is believable um and and not over the top and and it doesn't make and it needs to make some sense at least to me uh i don't mind them doing cruiserweight type moves and those types of things as long as it makes sense right if it doesn't make sense and you're doing stuff just to do it that takes the believability uh away because right. if, if you're having a real competition between two wrestlers you know waste it you're not going to waste a bunch of movement um and and actually that's a good segue into this match because of some of the stuff that I, I was happy about and some of the stuff that I wasn't happy about. Okay. Well, hey, let's not take any more time. Let's go right into the match. Obviously, we're expecting uh, Cabana Starks. Uh, next thing you know, we get Aaron Stevens out there with uh, the question mark, karate. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, Stevens is not happy. He's mm-hmm. wanting to know why he doesn't get the matches he wants to know why he isn't getting a title shot. Now, I do have here written down that Aaron Stevens is actually one and two in singles competition in NWA power. Ricky Starks is three and one and one. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, all of uh, Aaron Stevens' losses are at the hands of Ricky Starks. So yes. the, the argument, if, if we're looking at a legitimate professional wrestling organization, Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Stevens doesn't have anything to stand on. He's he he's a loser. He hasn't <laughs> won any matches. And Starks has probably got one of the best win loss records in the company right now. So obviously that's a little fishy. But you know, this is entertainment. You know, sure. this is wrestling, but this is also yeah. sports entertainment. Um, yeah. So Cabana tells Stevens, "Hey man, you're not even a pro wrestler. You're an actor, and uh, you know, get out of here." And Stevens isn't having it. He just says, "Hey, he wants that shot." Cabana says, look, if you can beat Ricky Starks right now, because we were going to do an exhibition, if you can beat Starks right now, you're going to earn a title shot. So without hesitation, uh, Stevens accepts. He sends uh, the question mark to the back, says he'll pay him for the night, go take take the rest of the night off, and we've got a match, uh, a, a return match. The, they faced each other now. This is for the third time in singles competition. They've also faced each other in tag team matches. Um, uh one of the things that I really liked seeing in this match was uh, was Starks. He had he hit this really awesome spear. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. And that that like I popped out of my chair when I saw that. I popped live when I saw. It. I popped again when I saw it again on TV or on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, I thought that was great. Um, this is the first time that Stevens has used his uh, used his scarf as a weapon in the match. I mean, it wasn't 
so heinous, but it was he kind of used it to uh, lead Ricky Starks around the ring for a little bit. Um, and then out of nowhere, uh, Aaron Stevens has the knee injury. Cornette says maybe it's a torn ACL, and he goes down. And it, it's always like I know in the arena. Look, we th- it's a wrestling show. You know this. Mm-hmm. Real life happens in wrestling. Guys get hurt in the middle of a match. What's your take on that that trope of a wrestler faking the injury and you know working the crowd? How, how do you feel about that? Well, if you want my honest opinion, and this this probably goes more to booking uh, and production uh, than than actually the the in ring work. You know, guys like Aaron Stevens, uh, wrestlers of that nature, which I would call I would classify them maybe as entertainers. Sure. Um, guys that are a lot more, a lot more talk than substance. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just the real way it is, the way it is. Um, you can't blame them for doing what they try, what they've got to do to win that part. Right. I, I just, I actually like that. I think it's, I think that is believable. It's realistic. If he's outclassed outmatched, Ricky is by far, you know, a legit technically sound up and coming. I can beat you many ways type of wrestler. I don't, I don't, I don't knock him for that. But what I do knock is the fact that look, versus Ricky Starks in an exhibition match, uh, is a lot more entertainment value in terms of what I what I can watch on on the show right. and for ratings for for viewership and all of that. There's a hundred different ways, and as we've seen on these shows, they are many different. They do all kinds of different uh, uh, stories and angles and those types of things. There's a hundred different ways to get Aaron Stevens to where they wanted him to be right. uh, at the end of the at the end of the match. If it's Cabana and Stevens they want, if that's the match that, that they're that they're pushing for, uh, you can do that without having to put a second rate match out there. And again, I'm not calling Aaron Stevens second rate. I'm not saying the match was bad. I'm saying for our entertainment buck, Colt Cabana versus Ricky Starks for at least five to eight minutes would have been great. Right. I would have loved to seen it. And then how, whatever you're trying to do with Aaron Stevens, you can still do that. You can still have your schmoz thing that happens, you know, with the 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 karate guy. And <laughs> you can have all that. I mean, I think I think in the end the end could have happened so many different ways. And I just thought, you know, you're putting Aaron Stevens in a position where he's not doing what he does best, which excuse me is wrestling. Right. And I'm not knocking him. It's not a knock. I'm saying for the entertainment value for the fans, we still could have gotten Aaron Stevens uh, versus Colt Cabana, which is what we end up with with this match, correct? Well, I mean that's the ultimate. Well, so so the match gets you know uh, Stevens gets the victory, and just as a side note, I want to point out, you know, before he was Mizdow and Damian Sandow or Aaron Rex and Impact, mm-hmm. you know, he actually competed in Atlanta at the NWA mm-hmm. 60th anniversary. He challenged Mike DiBiase for the NWA. North American Championship. Ah. Uh, Someone pointed that out to me today, and I didn't realize it was the same guy. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about that because the lineage, you know, the history and tradition, the legacy. Here's a guy who, you know, when he came to the NWA, everyone's like, oh, that's a guy that wrestled in the WWE. He teamed up with with The Miz, or that's a guy from Impact. No, he had a history Mm -hmm. already in the NWA, and he went to the 60th anniversary show. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. And uh, on a side note, I got to re- I've wrestled Mike DiBiase. So there it is. See, in, in, <laughs> we're all buddies now. Um, so yeah, he, he gave me an Irish whip so hard. Mike DiBiase Irish whipped me to the corner so hard 
that I lost, I literally lost my footing and like flew into the middle turnbuckle and it almost, and it almost knocked me out. Oh, wow. I know it's crazy. And then I got a little heated and it was back when I wore like wrestling armor because this was like a death match kind yeah, of yeah. league or whatever. And I'm in my armor and all this stuff. And I grabbed him to, and I returned the favor and gave him a shoulder tackle with some of my, you know, my shoulder yeah. things that I would wear when I wear my little Batman costume <laughs> looking thing. And I, his bicep got torn. Oh from that shit. Stuff. Uh, it was, it was an unfortunate injury. It wasn't on purpose, right. but uh, we had a pretty, we had a pretty stiff match. Well, look at that. And was that when it, was he still the uh, uh, North American champion at the time, or was that? He, this was probably two thousand nine. Okay, so it was so so two thousand eight, two thousand nine era. So yeah, that's not quite sure it, if he was. It probably no, was. no. I think this was probably maybe a year or two after he had already uh, moved on from the NWA North American title. Um, but okay. getting back to the show, uh, they they actually set up a. It's going to be a triple threat match for the pay per view. It's going to be Ricky Starks. Oh and Aaron Stevens and Colt Cabana because what they said during the show is that he would have an opportunity to wrestle for the national title. He, they didn't say he was going to be the opponent. So we, we are going to get some Ricky Starks and Colt Cabana at the pay-per-view. You're just going to have to have Aaron Stevens involved. And now we know that the pay-per-view also is going to feature Trevor Murdoch taking on the question mark. So it's questionable. See what I did there? If he will be ringside or have anything to do with the national title match well that's exciting and actually you know colt cabana he's what i would consider a cerebral wrestler and so putting him in a match like a three-way some for me three-way matches can be sometimes like pulling teeth uh just because of the kind of wrestling i prefer to watch you know i i prefer typical straight up matches right um but having a guy like Colt in there who's got a who's a great mind, um, that sounds like a that sounds like that could actually be the show stealer. Um of the it night. might be. You know, um there's a reason why the NWA is so high on Ricky Starks. Of course. Cole Cabana is a former two time world champion and, and as we've just said, uh, we we've lamented over and over, he, he's a great wrestler. Um yeah. and Aaron Stevens, although he has a lot of shtick and a lot of gimmick, he's also yeah. He's an accomplished wrestler. I mean, don't let the gimmick fool you guys. He's actually really good at what he does. He's a great heel, and mm-hmm. and and the, all these matches and silliness and awkwardness that's been going on is kind of building that up to make him a hated wrestler. Um, so it, it it's working, <laughs> it's working. Um, well, and let's hope let's hope we see in the pay per view. Um, I'm really hoping to see some. Um, you know, these kind of events are for solidifying or finishing or um given the given the audience kind of what they've built been built up to see so let's hope we get some finality uh at least to an extent of course you always want to leave the people wanting more but at some point we want to have some level of finality um in some of these feuds and some of these angles that's going on and i would i would love to i would love to see a little bit of that so that they can start some fresh angles as well. Yeah. Though some of them, I'm sure, are going to carry on past the the pay per view. For sure. But I'd also like to see some finality in some of these matches, um, so that we can kind of move on to the next the next phase of programming. I couldn't agree more. Um, like we said, Starks and Stevens have been in the ring about four times now, and uh, it, there's we're we're ready for some punctuality. We're ready for that to that to be over and move on for what's next. And what was next on the show 
was a fa- good. Yeah, that was good, huh? Seg seg Segway City, baby. That was awesome. I've been doing this for ten years. Um, the <laughs> James Storm promo, which mm-hmm. did a lot, I think, so much to help sell this pay per view. Cannot mm-hmm. stress it enough. And, and, and one of my yeah. biggest qualms, one of my biggest complaints with what happened last week is that they didn't show the match that made a number one contender for the national or for the NWA world's heavyweight championship. Now in and of itself, having a three-way match between Eli Drake, who's wrestled uh, one singles match and, and uh, Ken Anderson, who's wrestled zero uh, singles matches and James storm, who's has a losing record in the end. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's true. If we're only basing the show on what's happened on NWA power, and the NWA pay-per-views, James Storm has a losing record. He hasn't won a match on NWA TV. Oh, excuse me. He defeated Josephus. That's it. That's all he's got. So his credibility to just announce that he's going to be the challenger for the world title at the pay-per-view, I really felt sucked a lot of the energy out of the match. And at that point, I didn't even care mm-hmm. anymore. It's like, who cares? He's a loser. He's a bum. You haven't told the story online uh, on, on TV of who James Storm is and why he deserves that shot. And that's exactly what James Storm says in this promo. He admits there's a conspiracy theory uh, or a conspiracy against him that they scrubbed his his match uh, from the from the archives. They they scrubbed him off of um, NWA power. So you didn't get to see him win that match. And then they don't talk about how he almost nearly won the match, the won the world title back in January at the New Year's yeah. clash. Um, so I mean, he 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 had a perfect explanation. I mean, it, well, and and how about Nick Aldis? Is I mean, why not? Let's just stick sit right here for a second sure. because they they go together absolutely. But I thought Nick, I thought Nick Aldis, his response. I thought this was, and I'm gonna go. I may be going on a limb here. I'll 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 do that every now sure. and then. But I would say so many times people have promos just to have. Right. I felt like this promo, this this couple of series of promos, and even the one about Camille, I feel like they're telling stories with the promo. Absolutely. And they're telling stories with some of the things that they are and aren't doing on television. And again, I would say there are times when, when the NWA looks, you know, looks its age in terms of being a new, uh, kind of a, a new production. Sure. But then there's some of, there's stuff like this that I think shows that they do have some potential to tell stories that and tell stories in a way that you're not seeing on other wrestling promotions out there. I don't see, I don't think I've seen anyone. Um, you know, I, I watched, I watched WWE, I watch NXT. Um, I I'll peek in on TNA sometimes. And, and my friend Jamie forces me to watch MLW sometimes. And um, it, it just, I haven't seen, I really haven't seen anyone use promos the way they use promos in this. Right. Uh, to tell a, to tell a story, engage interest in a match. I thought Nick Aldis' response, again, it felt again, it just the suspended disbelief is there. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here going, man, this feels like a real like. Is this are are they are they just putting TV out there based on what's really going on behind the scenes? It it felt. Or are they doing this thing? Are they just telling us a really good story? It felt personal, right? Like I felt a little uncomfortable yeah. when he, when and we'll jump ahead here since we're talking about it. But we get to Nick Aldis. Yeah. Aldis, you know, he he says uh, I have it written down here. Aldis tosses out the conspiracy theories. First and foremost, he says 
The three-way was tossed out because you interjected yourself into a match that you didn't belong in. And what was the NWA <laughs> going to do when we have cameras rolling and you're doing this in front of an audience instead of it doing it backstage like you're supposed to? And a squeaky wheel got the grease. So you got your derb, derb, derb. And then the match fell apart. Like, again, we didn't – the audience at home didn't get to see it. And this was one of those – and forgive the language – a clusterfuck. At the end of the match, everything mm-hmm. fell apart. The whole arena – like. You remember how a couple of weeks ago we talked about the show where everyone emptied the uh, out into the yeah. floor and it looked like a wrestling convention? This was the yeah. opposite. This was a huge schmoz. It was everyone was fighting. But at the end of it, James Storm cuts a promo. And, and this is another reason why I think maybe that match got uh, wiped off because he became a face in that match. Mm-hmm. I want him a face, obviously. Uh, well, let me throw something else out, sure. out, there, out there at you. Sure. Because, and this is going to, I'm going to tease something we talked about earlier with Cornette, but the way that the, they've told a story in this, it's either them making the most out of a bunch of clusterish type of sure. events, or somebody's telling some really good stories and they're smarter than we think they are. Maybe. Because, because in reality, this, it, this is old school wrestling. Yeah. And in old school wrestling, you never gave the fans the match they wanted to see until they had to pay right. for it. Right, absolutely. Period. Period. With WWE, you pay monthly. Mm-hmm. You know, like like it's it's not the same. It's not the same. Right. Um, to me, what I what I if it's me and I'm and I'm I'm picking up on this, I may be wrong. And and Marquez, if he ever hears me, you he can tell me if I'm wrong. By the way, I love Dave Marquez. Love you, Dave. Hopefully, if you ever listen, you know, you know I still love you <laughs> dearly. Um, okay. he's just a great guy. He knows this stuff. Yeah, man. he's a wonderful producer. And, you know, uh, and I love direct communication. That's my love language. And that was something he was always great with. But um, I will say this, that it makes you want to watch by the, the pay-per-view because you haven't really gotten any wrestling classics on these shows. No, All they're doing is kind of baiting you along to want to see some of these matches. And I think not giving you James Storm, uh, you know, in his element, not giving you um, – Anderson in a match at all on the free team right. and then only giving you one match of Eli Drake uh, for free. I think again, you're, you're looking at possibly something that is very intentional that is meant to garner interest because there's nothing worse than when you hear about something that this was old school too, to me, but there's nothing worse than hearing about an event where titles changed hands or something great happened and you didn't get to right. see it or you weren't there. Right. So this draw this makes people want to buy tickets to the show, makes them want to come to the live events where they're going to get, you know, kind of get get what you've been hoping for, but you're not going to get it without paying for it. And I take my hats off to them for doing it cuz I know there's a little bit of this is intentional. And if they're this smart to do it this way with this thing, I'm not going to take it out of their hands that maybe maybe they <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe, you know, I had a client who does nothing of wrestling she, you know, watched it when she was growing up, but she, you know, a little bit here and there. But the first thing when I was talking to her, of course, I talked to my clients about NWA. Sure. Uh, the first thing. Word of mouth advertising. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking to her. She goes, well, that just sounds like they did that on purpose for, for publicity. And I'm sitting here going, you know, it doesn't hurt Cornette. I mean, and if he was not, if he is short term anyways, and they're going to bring this guy Barrett in anyways. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say they did it on purpose because I don't know. Yeah. But this is the part of wrestling that I tell everybody when they ask me questions. Of course, you know, being in public all the time, having my wrestling, my picture, 
of wrestling up at work and people hearing about what I, you know, used to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. Of course, they always ask me, they always ask me the same question. You know, is it choreographed? Is it rigged? Sure. Is it this? Is it that? And I said, I don't really have, I said, I can give you the language that I use, but you're not going to understand right. it. You're not going to know what working means or, <laughs> or angles or a swerve or, right. or anything. But I can tell you, I can tell you this, that, and when people say kayfabe is dead too, that that's another one I laugh at. I can tell you this. When The Rock fought John Cena at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and him and Vince and John, when when The Rock and John Cena and Vince had a conversation, if they if that's what happened, because I wasn't there, because I don't know, because I'm not Vince, right. I'm not making seventy five million dollars a year no. like John Cena, or hundred million dollars a year like The right. Rock. I, I don't know what conversation goes on in that locker room or in that in that business room, right. and I think so many times. When we don't know what, you know, like I said, I know Dave Marquez very well, but you know, I don't, I don't know what went on between Adam Pierce and Colt Cabana, Dave Marquez. I don't know. Sure. Like if you were to say, if you were to say, Kevin, you know, uh, how, how was NWA Hollywood run? I can say, I know how it was run for me, right. but I can't tell you how it was run for everybody else. And so again, I think this is one of those situations where believability, um, suspended disbelief, those kinds of things are huge for me. Because when you go to a movie, the last thing, you know, when you go into a movie, you go to watch Tom Cruise, you're like, you know that Tom Cruise isn't that guy. Right. But if it's just so far-fetched and such a farce and it's, you know, you just go, okay, this isn't even fun. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm looking for when I'm watching wrestling. Sure. And so I really feel like the way they've spun this angle with Nick Aldis, James Storm, Camille, uh, Camille's boyfriend, uh, <laughs> you know, the stuff they post on social media. Right. All this stuff, to me... There is a there is a there's a, so much close to home with it and so much reality to it. I give them a lot of credit because a lot of the other wrestling leagues out there won't touch stuff like right. this. And I think the NWA is taking some risks with it, but I think it's great because they're telling stories with it. They're using social media so well with this. And, and let me touch on two things too. Number one, when you said um, you know they're going to make you pay for it. That's the thing that they've always said. Like, look, we're going to make our product available to you. We're going to take down all the pay windows. That's why they're on YouTube. That's, they're, they're not a subscription-based. They're not asking for one penny from you until it comes time for the pay-per-views. And then they want you to shell out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? If, if they did their job, you should be wanting to pay for mm-hmm. this pay-per-view. Um, the second thing is when I was at the NWA press conference uh, ahead of these TV tapings, one thing that Billy Corgan said is that, he wanted to bring the NWA into the 21st century and they wanted to lend their show to like the meme culture. It, when you say that mm-hmm. they're, they're hitting it on all cylinders on social media, I have to agree. And I think that's, that, that wasn't an accident that, you know, that's certainly mm-hmm. what they're going for. And, you know, if you're on Instagram, you'll see content there. If you're on Twitter, you'll see content mm-hmm. there. And if you're on Facebook, you'll see content there. They're, they're really maximizing their efforts now, I mean, they were even showing uh, the into excuse me the NWA Power Show on Facebook for a while, but I, I think that became more of a burden, so they stopped doing it. But mm-hmm. um, to what you're saying, absolutely. They're- well, that I mean, that that I just again, I I really I really again, they're, they've done some things wrong, but again, like God forbid, like how many you know I I love WWE. I mean, I get a lot of flack for it because I'm an ex wrestler and I'm supposed to be smart and all that stuff but you know production value sure you know until, until you've been on the ground with that company and rolled up to an arena where there's nothing you know yeah. there's seats and a floor 
and they their their production team, the work that the wrestlers put in. I mean, everybody from from top to bottom works so hard, right. and they make so much sacrifice. To me, it's like I, I've got to I'm going to appreciate everything. And when it comes down to a few mistakes here and there, or if they don't push the wrestler I like, like I'll be open. Is I'm not a big fan of say the Bray Wyatt thing. Sure. But I'm not I'm not gonna like sell WWE up the river because one percent of their show or whatever percent of their show isn't my flavor of ice right. cream. Uh, I'm not gonna poo poo everybody in the whole thing. <laughs> and that, that and I guess we call this still the baby out with the bathroom. Right. But and I'm gonna go the same direction with NWA. Everything they're doing is not great and I'm not gonna agree with everything, as we're gonna get to probably here in a minute. Right. That I don't agree with everything that they're doing and I can give good criticism uh, when it's due, but at the same time, you got to give credit when it's due too. Absolutely, the production value is really good on this show, and that's something that is a big deal to me because that means that the behind the scenes, there's a lot of effort being made and a lot of money being spent to put a product out there that looks good, sounds good, um, and I think as time goes on, if they can keep doing this, they'll work out a lot of the kinks here and there, and um, and hopefully, and hopefully work on some of these booking issues that that I'm going to address, that I have addressed and will continue <laughs> to address. So um, just to wrap up the whole James Storm promo, again, like this was his conspiracy. And um, as part of the stipulation, and that's one of the things that kind of bothers me is that there's it seems like all these title matches tend to ha- get convoluted, the stipulations and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but to what all this explained, you know, the, the two out of three falls, you know, him and Cody kind of, put on a clinic at the 70th anniversary show and he wants to, to, to show storm what it's like to be the world's champion. So they're going to go with that old school tradition of the two out of three falls for the world title. But with the stipulation also added is each one of them gets to choose their own referee. Um, James storm uh, goes to ba- baby Hepner and asks him to be uh, his choice <laughs> for referee. Now, uh, you know, being a lifelong wrestling fan, you know, nothing could go wrong when you ask a Hepner to referee your match. I mean, they, there's <laughs> never been any kind of controversy associated with the Hepners whatsoever. So when James Storms asked if he could trust them, well, by God, the senior official for the NWA, you can trust the Hepner. Um, I just <laughs> thought that was silly. Uh, next, we get, the, yeah. we get the George South High Spots promo. Uh, George George South was wrestling against the great Muda at WrestleCade. So, um <laughs> He's alive and well and, and, and appearing uh, at a wrestling convention coming towards you. Um, up next, we get, um, you know, they tease the Muda spot. They're teasing uh, the tag mm-hmm. team match. Um, we get a very interesting um, look at the question mark. Um, it was, this was, again, something that was filmed uh, at WrestleCade weekend. It, it seems like they... I don't know. Again, was this planned or was did they just luck into this? But they were able to get a lot of content from Russell K to use on NWA Power, which was great because they kind of needed it. And again, this this mm-hmm. show was so much better than last week's show. They got a lot more into it. Um, the question mark uh, is cutting promos. They're talking about how he's your friend because if you're the question mark, you like everybody because everybody likes you, and which means you like yourself and. I don't know. I, I'm not a spiritual advisor. I don't. I don't get some of this stuff. I'm not Mongolian, but um, the question mark <laughs> is undefeated in the NWA. Let me say that again. The question mark is undefeated in the NWA. He's got a two and zero record with a uh, one uh, one draw, one uh, no contest. Um, who was who was that no contest with? Uh, that no contest, I believe, was with your boy Ricky Starks. 
Yeah, he can't beat the man Ricky. That's all there is to it. <laughs> moving, moving right along. <laughs> so, um, and again, I, I keep track of this. I've been keeping track of this for months, well, months, weeks. Um, the NWA live views at this point, uh, there were 7,200 people watching again, which was up from last week. So that's always positive. And I want to reinforce the positivity because again, we're going to put, we're going to put it down when it's down. But when you have the live viewers who are coming back to the show after the Cornette incident, after the dismal show last week, something was positive there. And obviously they, Mm -hmm. a lot of the great Muda stuff uh, certainly got people interested. And that's what we get next is the Muda Aldis um, altercation. Now this seemingly was much ado about nothing. It was a photo opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah. it, it was, it, to me, it felt a little bit like clickbait until, yeah. until, and I'm going to put this on the screen in post, but the great Muda responded and he said that the, ma- oh. the match is going to happen in 2020. Now things can always change in pro wrestling. Kevin, you know, this you've been there. Sure. Promises are made mm-hmm. that don't always fall through, but sure. as a lifelong NWA fan, as someone who remembers Muda wearing not the ten pounds of gold, but the don't the you know big gold belt, the one that Flair wore, and the one that Sting wore, and the one that Muda wore, um, I'm excited about that opportunity. Now I know Muda is not Muda's not a young guy, and and a lot of the complaints that you're going to have about later mm-hmm. in the show, I'm sure you can apply to Muda as well. However, Muda is this guy that kind of transcends. Uh, mm-hmm. time and space and i know it sounds goofy but when nick aldis defeated sting and impact sting was already past his prime but it was still meaningful it was a way of kind of passing the torch and i think anytime you can introduce history to the nwa with a name mm-hmm. as synonymous with pro wrestling um pure resu if you want to call it when you bring in a guy like uh you, you know uh, the great muda I say go for it, and I don't care if it happens in Japan. I don't care if it happens in the United States. If they put it on that pay-per-view, they'll get my 20 bucks. They'll get my 25 bucks. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Um, I'm excited about it. I hope it happens, but who knows? Well, and and let's bookmark that because, you know, as I'm going to say here in a moment, I have no problem, um, you know, with novelties and, um, you know, people, you know, older wrestlers making an appearance um, you know, as, as my analogy will be made, throwing out the per, the first pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, let's just go ahead and move on to the. I think the next one, the next thing will be the tag match, right? Well, and I'll come back around. I'll come back around to my comments on the great movie. We got and Nick Aldis. We got to get through just a few more things before to that sure. tag match because we had the Molina promo. Um, now I, I just we'll, we'll get through this quickly because I know you're chomping. Oh yeah. The Molina. Yeah, yeah, and and that wasn't was this wasn't the best segment of the show. No, and and honestly, believe it or not, this was much better than it was live. Um, it was very <laughs> very hard to follow live. I remember thinking like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, yeah, I can't understand her promos. No, like no. her interview last week, I didn't understand what she was talking about. And this one, I'm going, are you drunk? Like what? What's going on? And, and I don't know if this is just, uh, you know, pre-show jitters. You know, this was her first time. This was the second night of TV taping. It was uh, the, still the first night she had been there. So I don't know if she's just getting back into it and, and, and it's taking a little bit longer to warm up. 
they they did a lot to save it in, in post production, and uh, it still wasn't great. They did bring out Allison K, who um, you know Jaden and DK. We all agreed that she's great. Uh, she does a lot of uh, s talking. She's like the stone cold of of the women's division because she just says what she feels and goes out there and tries to whip people's butts. Um, she got bushwhacked by Marty and uh, Thunder Rosa. That was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Then we get the silly Tony Falk commercials, the waffles and tire irons. Uh, yeah. Being a fan of the Waffle House myself, that's great. It's fun. But, you know, obviously this is just silliness to be silly. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you guys love it, go buy the T-shirt. I'm sure the NWA would appreciate it. Um, did you ever work for Tony Falk? Um, gosh, where where did he run out of? Like, I, I don't. The, the name doesn't ring a bell, but it's possible. I, I want to say he was like the uh, Saw Arena, wasn't he? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, oh, oh! If that was in uh, what was it, George or um, Tennessee? Yeah. Not- yeah. If he if that was him, then yes, he he wrote me a check. But I don't I don't know if, I don't know him uh, extremely well. <laughs> did it Did it cash? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah beautiful oh yeah i mean i've never i don't have any murder or anybody killed on my on my record so i got paid every time. There, there you go <laughs> um the next thing is uh we get um we get to that aldous promo um one thing i just wanted to point out uh is that he said the squeaky wheel gets the grease and then he furthered saying that that he was going to drown James Storm and Greece. And I just, I, the visual of that, right. That's such like a mob hit. And I'm like, he's going to give you like the, the, the uh, fat kid in Matilda who's eating the chocolate cake. You want the cake they need all the cake. Uh, that's, yeah. that's how, uh, that's how Nick Aldis is going to treat uh, James Storm. Well, well, and like, I mean, when, like when British people say stuff, like <laughs> we don't quite always get what they're saying. So we just kind of go, ha, ha, I guess. yeah. You know, we don't know if we're like, like, I don't know if I'm missing some like cultural, <laughs> like, you know, like something I'm supposed to pick up on that I don't know. Um, so, I, you know, it was honestly, it's not to me with the Aldis and, and promo and the James, uh, the Cowboys, uh, James Storm promo. It wasn't as much the quality of the way they spoke. I, I mean, of course, there could be a little bit to be desired in that. Sure. But I do like the way they told the story. And I do think that I do think that is a, a good sign in terms of uh, some of the bright spots in the in the production and the booking. And and the intensity was there, which I think is the most important. Sure. Um, they kind of furthered that uh, Lagana is, is in obviously the hotel room. He asks uh, Nick, "Hey, so what's the deal with Camille?" And okay. that's like the question that's been asked week in and week out for eight weeks of television. What is going on with this chick? Um, mm-hmm. Now. You know, Camille's been mostly mute on TV. We haven't heard her speak, but she did whisper something to James Storm. Oh, uh, I also want to point out that uh, Tim Storm, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and somebody ah. you're very familiar with, will be Woo, my man. the second referee in this match. So mm-hmm. you've got Baby Hepner and you've got Tim Storm and a two out of three falls match with some great intense promos. I really think that... Uh, this show is exactly what the pay-per-view needed. Um, but getting back to all this, he dismisses Camille. She won't be in his corner at the pay-per-view, which could lead to some jocularity, of course. Uh, he doesn't want an asterisk next to his name because of anything uh, Camille does. He wants that match between him and James Storm to be 
mono e mono. Um, but with the whispers and the hints and the 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 uh, dissension in the ranks, you would think. Um, I'm pretty sure Camille's going to end up in James Storm's corner. What do you think? Well, first off, if we're going to talk about predictions on this match, first first and foremost, I think Tim Storm is the wild card. Wild card. Um, in this match, I, I I don't know what to expect from him right now. Yeah. Uh, I know Tim personally. I know he's a great, great person, person, person. Yeah. But sometimes when you get to that stage of your career, when you've been to the top of the mountain and you sit there and you're alone at night, and the belt that used to that you used to lay next to in bed, uh, at least in my behalf, I used to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not there anymore. Right. And you have to watch television. You're watching somebody else carry around what you feel like is rightfully yours. Um, and I, I, and again, having him, you know, he lost the match to all this, and I think that means he, he's not supposed to be able to compete for the title anymore. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I just Nick Aldis. I don't know what he's thinking right now. And again. Um, to me, Tim Storm would be the last person uh, I would choose because he's a guy on edge right now. Sure, He's not telling me this. Uh, he's not writing me emails or sending me messages. We hadn't talked in a couple of years. Sure. But I'm telling you right now, um, he's, he's willing to do whatever it takes to get his hands on that gold again at least one last time. Well, and, 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 and we saw this with Adam Pierce. Right. You know, that, that a guy that, that, you know, Hey, Adam, Adam would do whatever it took. And, and again, I think you get to a point in your career where you say, look, it, it, I love you, Nick, all this, we're buddies and friends, but you know, our friendship's not going to be my legacy. Holding that gold one more time is going to be my well, legacy. And, and remember that match, the first match that they had uh, in NWA power is the first main event. And we saw a different Tim storm. I mean, for you, yep. for you guys who watched Tim storm when he was working in other places, it wasn't too unfamiliar because the NWA has portrayed Tim Storm as a very squeaky clean, you know, wholesome guy. But that man has some demons in his closet. I mean, we can't deny what he did in the past. Um, yep. And and you know, he wasn't always you know he wasn't always the good boy. And uh, yeah, and so it's going to be interesting. You're right. It, what what could you know what's going to happen? You're a former champion yourself, and you could speak to this more than anybody else. When that title left your waist for the first time, and you you mm-hmm. you were there without the belt, what was the first thing on your mind? How to get it back, right? Uh, absolutely, and you, and you, and in your mind, like again, uh, for me, I know this is the way I am, and I was for sure when I was wrestling. Was that I still believed I was the best, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll still probably tell you today. I think I'm still the best, um, but that's at that at the time, like I I wasn't that far removed. You know, I never really got – I got one rematch, um, which was a little controversial in its own right, um, and I never got a chance again. And so I think Tim might be feeling a little bit of that heat, thinking, look, I, I've got a chance to make a stand. And if and if Nick Aldis is going to throw matches around to the squeaky wheel, I'm going to get squeaky myself. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, really. So – Anyways, I think it's going to be a great match. There's a lot of going up in the air. As far as Camille goes, I think she's a great. Uh, I think the way that they've written they've they've written her or used her in this has been very good. Uh, I think she's a very limited uh, talent, and you know she can be mad about it if she likes it and give me the fing- middle finger like 
uh, she gave uh, Aldous on Twitter. <laughs> but, um, you know, but but again, I think this is a great another great, uh, a great, uh, I guess I would say give credit to the to the to the production team for making her interesting without her having to do a whole lot. Because, again, I see her as fairly limited, but very interesting. Yeah. At the same time, there's a lot of interest there. And so, again, this is this is this is a very artistic uh this is the kind of stuff that you're watching and you probably have no idea how much thought uh, and creativity has to go into something like that. And, uh, and I wouldn't be shocked, you know, Camille is one of those talents that I could see um, some of the other companies that may have a little more financial backing. Mm -hmm. uh, They may have an eye out for her. Sure. Uh, It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see her get a developmental deal uh, somewhere down the road. Just because of the the look, the the size, you know, her size, the look, yeah. having to, she was an athlete. Oh yeah, having an athletic background, uh, some of the connections in wrestling. I think um, there might be there might be some more opportunity uh, for her um, in terms of you know beyond the NWA. And granted, granted, the NWA doesn't blow up and can afford to play the money game right. uh, with somebody like with, with with another company that may have a little more financial backing. But again, I'm not going to say I'm going to say I don't think right now. She, I think she's a very raw talent yeah. right now. And I think they're but but I think everybody can see the potential. Sure. And I think they're doing a great job of creating a lot of interest around it. Um, and again, right now, you and me both are sitting there going, there's a there's a hundred things that could happen in this main event. The one thing I'm going to say that I hope they don't do or I hope that doesn't happen. Let me rephrase. Sure. It, is that we get a good wrestling match. Yeah. Um, that that we don't have the quote unquote dusty finish kind of thing. No, uh, never never a big fan of that sort of thing. Uh, it's just not a you know, once in a lifetime is fine, but once but once every other show or you know once a year, yeah. you know, like let's let's have matches and let's have wrestling. And so hopefully they that all the fun controversies surrounding this uh, doesn't hurt the match, and we have another Cody Rhodes, um, Nick Aldis level. Um, wrestling classic uh for to give a true main event at a national wrestling alliance show that if you're going to have the name you got to live up to those main events that the that have always been churned out that the national wrestling alliance is known for is delivering in those big main events i mean you you think of the big money feuds over the last you know couple of decades you know pearson mm-hmm. pearson cabana uh, uh pearson blue demon um Pearson Pierce Pearson whoever yeah, right um <laughs> uh, you you could talk about uh you know those matches you know those classics with uh Nick Madrid and Kevin Douglas uh sure yeah I'm sorry I I like both those guys <laughs> so I wanted to plug it um I'll take it but you could I mean you, you look at some of those feuds that have happened over the years hell Tim Storm and Jax mm-hmm. Dane the build that sure. showdown was huge uh Rob Conway and Kojima in Japan. I mean, these things were, Mm -hmm. these these things were built up so powerful and where there was an opportunity for this match to not get that same level of excitement. It's good to see that on the last episode of the season finale, they've got the interest level there. It's peaked. Um, I think this is good. I kind of wish they had one more show leading up to the pay-per-view, but they said that there's going to be a 10 pounds of gold. Um, so we'll see. We'll we'll see how it all pans out. Now we're gonna get to what you want. The main event. And and I do want to point out two things. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you as much time as you want, but let me mention these two things real quick. Number one, sure. the main event for this show 
was at 7,400 people watching live. Um, That was up again from the last episode. Not the highest it's ever been. Uh, They typically were around 8,000 live viewers for the main event. So it was down a little bit. I don't know if it's because Mm -hmm. it's the Rock and Roll Express. I don't know why, but um, it was up from the previous show. Um, I do want to also point this out. In 1985, the Rock and Roll Express defeated Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev to win the NWA tag team titles for the very first time. 1985. Kevin Douglas, how old were you in 1985? I was five years old doing push-ups, watching Carrie Von Eric. <laughs> you were doing the claw already? Were you working on that? Yep. Oh, yeah. I was putting my cousins in the claw. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a little bit older. I was seven years old. I was watching, you know, probably the Rock and Roll Express wrestle for those tag titles. Um, and then in 86, they defeat the Russians again. And and then in 87, the Midnight Express. And then, and then somehow, some way in 1995, Man, I was a I was a sophomore in high school. They win the tag team titles from Dick Murdoch and Randy Rose in your former neck of the woods in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> then in 1990, oh. 1998, they somehow magically get the tag team championships, and they're in the WWF, the Invasion with Jim yep. Cornette. The, yeah. and they ended up losing the titles to, uh, I believe it was Thrasher and. Uh, and uh, oh gosh, Mosh. Mosh, thank Mosh. you, the headbangers. Then we go yeah. fast forward two more years. South Korea. I don't know if you ever worked for these guys, the NWA Mid Atlantic promotion. I think it was Ricky Nelson and a couple other guys. Um, they had this sweet, sweet deal where they were getting tours of military bases and they were taking wrestling shows to these military bases. I thought that was phenomenal because it was a way to bring yeah. your brand out there. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like those matches were even taped or anything. So you had the Rock and Roll Express winning the tag team titles in South Korea, and there's no video evidence of it. And and again, mm. in 2000, you know, the internet was still in its infancy. You know, if a tree falls in the woods and it doesn't make a sound, no one's there to hear it. Uh, a lot of this stuff isn't very easy to find. But what I want to point out is that over four decades from 1985 to 2019 the rock and roll express ricky morton robert gibson have won nwa tag team titles and and i'm gonna kevin i'm gonna give you your time but i just sure i want to say this if they lose the titles at the pay-per-view and win them back at the next tv taping in february there's a chance that they could be the only tag team ever to win the nwa tag team titles in five different decades Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> I know you've been chomping at the bit. Yeah. I know you, you've said it on this show. You you and uh, Robert Gibson, no qualms at all. You said he was a gentleman, a nice guy. Ricky Martin, a former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, your current NWA World Tag Team Champion. Let him have it, champ. What did you think of this match? Uh, so I, anybody that knows me personally – uh, especially in the wrestling world, knows that we talked about this on the show. And actually, I planted the seed on the show continuously. You probably didn't know what I was doing. it, But now when I bring it up, it's going to make a lot of sense. This is why I was a great wrestler. Um, believability. Yes, sir. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to me. Yes. Because, because every wrestler faces that question uh, from the everyday fan. And, you know, they'll, and, you know, is it real or, 
Is it choreographed? I mean, these are questions I get every single day. And, you know, it's a it's things like this that make it very difficult to have an argument. And and, the, and I'm just being I'm just being blunt. Um, it's not believable, you know, and I, and I go out and I use the off air. I gave you this and I got your permission to kind of use it. Um, but, you know, I'm a big Nolan Ryan fan. Right. You know, I'm from Texas. It was amazing when he, well, how old is, how old are the rock and roll express? Are they like 60? Yeah. They're both in their 60s. I think 63 okay, and 61. Okay. No knock against 60 year old men, like still being in shape and still being able to, to wrestle a little bit. Like there's nothing against that. I'm not against it. I'm not against their celebrity. I'm not against the fact that they are legends in, in hall of famers. There's nothing I, I like, like I said, there's nothing against that. Just like I have nothing against Nolan Ryan being a hall of famer being the all-time strikeout leader, you know, all that. When he was 40 years old, he was still pitching in the major leagues because he could still throw a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. It was believable. Right. Okay? But if Nolan Ryan today were to go sign with the Washington Nationals, you know, I'm fine with him throwing out the first pitch in the game. But if he goes to sign a contract with the, with the Washington Nationals and then Washington, and the teams that play the Nationals just to, just to appease – uh, his celebrity because he can still get a pop from the crowd <laughs> uh, to appease his celebrity and, and let him, let him hum fastballs past them so he could get some strikeouts so that the fans could go, Oh, look, he just did, set a record for being the first man to strike out 10 guys at, at 60 years old. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I know wrestling is not baseball. Right. I know that you're not, you're not telling me something I don't know. But again, it's the same reason when you cast Rambo, you cast Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. He's an old man past his prime being an old man Rambo, not doing young man Rambo things. Right. And again, I just, I go back to saying, look, these guys are 60 years old and this company is trying to be relevant today. There's nothing wrong with having them go out and have matches and nothing wrong with them going out and having kind of novelty type being novelty, you know, throw out the first pitch, go out there, you know, get some sympathy from the crowd. That's fine. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, you know, there was no suspended disbelief for me in this match at all. None. Right. Meaning I watch a Ricky Starks match and I go, okay, this guy is in his prime. You know, he could beat anybody at any given time. Right. He's got that underdogness about him that's believable. But I knew watching the match, I knew that if the, if the Rock and Roll Express are going to win this match, it's going to be with a cheesy roll-up. It's going to be a misdirection thing. I knew it. I watched the match. for. I didn't want to watch it because it's painful for me to watch as someone who's retired when I should have retired so that other people could actually have a chance to move into my spot and do and do the and, and, and actually be believable, okay? A guy who many times didn't have the have opportunities because older guys were still in front of me and Promoters can't help but book them. At some point, as a wrestler, you gotta, you gotta do the right thing because promoters are gonna pay, are gonna get paid. Right. They're gonna do what it takes to get to get paid. And again, I just, I just don't agree with it. Uh, put them in the announcer booth. Uh, make them honorary. You know, make them an honorary team to go with a young team to help build them up. Sure. But to put them, to put them at the at the pinnacle of a as world champions at sixty years old, just like when. Ricky Morton was the world champion, <laughs> the world junior heavyweight champion at 50 something years old. You know, no one's saying that Ricky and, and Robert can't go and they can't still fight. 
it gets to a wrestler. That's not the point. You know, that's not the point. The point is that there are tons of wrestlers that are scratching their car to have an opportunity to make their way in the industry. And these guys could do so much more by helping them get somewhere, by using their celebrity for them, than going out there. If, if I'm 60 years old and, and the promoter comes to me and says, hey, we want to put the straps on you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say no. You know, what am I, why would I do that? Right. And again, I think that's just, and, 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 and no offense, like to me, maybe it's an integrity thing. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe you just, I don't get it, you know, I don't, but, but as a fan and as a wrestler, I see that and I go, okay, I know what's going to happen. The work in the ring was shoddy. It wasn't good work. The drop kicks weren't great. The, the shoulder tackles weren't crisp. I mean, it just isn't believable. Watching it's not believable. And the two guys that, that, um, the wild card, they're not my favorite guys in the world, but right. they should never have lost that match. So never. So so that's the, that, that let me have a minute. That, let me breathe. <laughs> let, okay, now let me ask you a couple questions because sure. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. Um and there's some things that kind of well, I mean there's a paradox here, right? Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying, I don't disagree with, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and I'm gonna point out a few things. And I'll get your take on it because one of my favorite, favorite wrestlers of all time, and I don't think I've ever said this on the show, was um, in the AWA, Nick Bockwinkle. Sure. You remember Nick Bockwinkle? Of course I do. Cut the best promo in the business. You ask him to tell you the time and he'd tell you how to build a watch. And he'd get in there and wrestle (laughs) a match well past his prime and could still, still have a wonderful match. What would you say to people who say, well, Bockwinkle did it. What, what's wrong with, with the Rock and Roll Express doing it? Well, and I don't think it was necessarily right. Because how good did the AWA turn out? <laughs> good point. That's. I mean, I'm just saying. Sure. I mean, look at WWE, again, is the standard bearer for professional wrestling. You can hate on them all day long, but ain't, ain't nobody. Hey, the Rock and Roll Express took their Hall of Fame rings. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Yeah. Okay. And, and say what you want. It's so easy to hate on the big, the, no, quote, unquote, hate on the big dog. Um, but the truth is, and I do like Roman Reigns. <laughs> Sorry, hate me all you want, but he's a legit athlete. He's one of the few guys out there that you're not going to go and tell him to your face that you think he sucks. <laughs> but um, I'm just telling you, you won't. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I'm just saying, like, you know, in in WWE gets it. And I think in the, early, in the 90s, uh, you really saw that. There, they paid the price financially for letting the Hogans and the Macho Mans and those guys go so that they could make room for young talent. That's why we had a Shawn Michaels. That's why we had a Mick Foley. That's why we had some of these guys in the 90s, Bret Hart, sure. Mr. Perfect. These guys don't happen if Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and those older guys are clogging the lane. Now, now it doesn't happen. Now I'm still playing devil's advocate here because everything sure. you're saying, I don't disagree with. Sure. Now let's talk about Terry Funk. The guy okay. retired more times than anybody wrestled well into his late sixties. Hell sure. his his brother's still wrestling in Japan about once a year. Uh, sure, it, and, and and there's 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 nothing wrong with older guys wrestling. There's okay, nothing, I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, the Undertaker still is a novelty. Sure, but when's the last time he won the WWE Championship? Fair enough. When was the last time you see? When was the last time you saw one of these older guys not be a not not be a novelty? I'm not saying. Like I said, I never said 
there's anything wrong with them making appearances. You know, a couple old guys going out there and fighting it out, like that's fine. But you know, to have to have a prime a prime spot, you know, uh, a a mainline spot go to someone like that, um, whether it's in singles competition, tag competition, you're just not going to get me to agree with it. Again, I'm not saying you know, like like even uh, for me, Goldberg is a stretch. Yeah, well, and Goldberg can still whoop some. You know, it still looks the part. Absolutely, no, you know? no, and it's believable. I mean, he's believable. But, but even him, he's a stretch for me. And, and, and again, I play devil's advocate because I don't have the strong stance that you have. Yeah. And I, I, you're, I've always said people with wrestling, there is a million different flavors. Everyone enjoy what you want. Sure. Um, but I, 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 like, I kind of like pushing your buttons on this issue because I know it's <laughs> important to you. But like, yeah, you, you brought up Mankind a bit fully. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have him here on my book right here. Um, he teamed up with, with with Terry Funk as Chainsaw Charlie, and they were yeah. actually challenging the New Age Outlaws for the tag titles. Yeah. I don't remember if they ever won them, but the mm-hmm. WWE kind of contradicted what you just said by doing that. And, and, yeah. and then later, later this mm-hmm. here, you know, I'm, I'm I'm point. I don't know if you actually watch the show after we do it, but on my my little yeah. set here, I have a AWA Remco action figure, Ric Flair holding the ten pounds of gold. That guy teamed mm-hmm. up with Roddy Piper to win the tag titles well after he should have been done sure. wrestling. And, and, and so, like, you know, when we talk about that and we talk about everything we just kind of said there, and, and, yeah. so and, and we talked about Muda earlier, and, and yeah. I think you also have to kind of bring up, you know, Anoki and Chono and, yeah. and a lot yeah. of these guys, they hang out, they hung on way past their prime and and we're legitimate challengers for championship gold. Why is this different? Well, I think again, there's nothing wrong with those guys wrestling, you know, especially each other. Right. Um, and again, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with like, again, in Japan, they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the old guys match. I've seen it, you know, like I've seen it plenty of times. Right. And again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not against it. If you're past, you know, if you're over 40 and you still want to try to relive the glory days, <laughs> you can't move on in life and you have nothing else going for you. I totally understand, you know, and, and if you want to collect a paycheck and the promoter, the promoter's going to throw you out there because they see dollar signs. Right. I get, I get all that. But at some point, you know, if you want to have integrity beyond the industry where people actually outside the industry look in and go, wow, look at Brock Lesnar that dude would kill anybody right. anywhere on the planet. Right. No doubt about it. That's the person, that's the guy that should be your champion. Right. No one's saying, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, the undertaker having a match or wrestle, but what started to happen once he hit once, I mean, he was, he really should have lost his last like four. Right. But at some point it's got to stop at some point. The, the, the champions that are in positions to be, you know, the, the up and comers or the guys that are at their peak, physically athletically and even in popularity it's time to pass the torch and i'm not saying there's not exceptions to the rule sure uh, a lot of times i call that selling your soul you know you need ratings uh things aren't going well uh maybe you need a what we call hot shot a hot shot situation right i just don't think this is what the nwa needs at this point um in terms of the rock and roll express and again like some of these people you've named like mankind was actually at his best right during the Chainsaw Charlie uh, era, during that era and a little beyond that, that was his best time. Right now, Terry Funk, I don't think Terry Funk is there without mankind. Right, right. I don't. 
I don't think without Cactus Jack, Terry Funk even has a job. Or if he does, it's not as a as a mainline character like that. Sure. They were I, I believe he was there as a way because they really believed in Mick Foley at that point. He was getting pushed in every angle he was in. And no matter what he put his hands to, turn to gold. Dude loved turn to, <laughs> you know, wrestled Steve Austin right after WrestleMania when in the, the one of the largest wrestle you know, one of the biggest uh turning points in wrestling history. Right. Uh, WrestleMania 14, the next feud after that was Dude Love. Right. And again, I think I think you're catching Mick Foley there at the downswing. Uh, you know, he's on his way down, but sometimes that's when wrestlers are their most are at their most entertaining. But again, you didn't see a dominant champion like you did with Steve Austin or The Rock. Right. When they're in their prime, they're in their they're hitting their stride and their wrestlers in their prime. I, again, I just I, I agree more with that than I do with uh, the outliers, which would be, you know, the, the minority situation of, you know, the every so often older guy that, man, I'm sorry, but older guys are going to still be popular. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't that does not popularity in wrestling should not justify a championship, period. That's just my my thing. Uh, again, that popularity can be used to bring light to younger stars that people may have never seen before right. and can get a look at the next generation. And you use that to, to help further the business. You don't use that to, um, you know, to, to carry on your glory days or, or expand your own legacy, which you already have. Like no one doubts that the rock and roll express is one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team of all time. Mm-hmm. They have nothing left to prove they're in the hall of fame. <laughs> so again, you know, like, and again, sure, maybe it would be And any time you start a sentence with it would be cool if be very careful about what you say next, because a lot of things would be cool, but it may not be sensible. Maybe it would be cool if they won a title in 10 in five decades. But you know what? Why not? Like, let's take their their when they both you know roll over and die, let's take their corpses out and let's roll them across and, and have them win in six in six decades. You know, like, I mean, again, that might be cool, but in all reality, like, you know, at some point it, that kind of stuff needs to stop and maybe I'm, I'm getting a little far fetched, but entertainment is part of, part of what, part of what we're here for. I, so, I, I, and again, I want to do say, I want to say one thing. Sure. Before I end. Sure. Uh, anybody listening, you know, I respect professional wrestling. Right. I respect every, I mean, I love it. I paid, I paid the ultimate price. Uh, if you haven't ever gotten in the ring and you haven't taken 10,000 falls on your back, on concrete or plywood or, or any of the stuff that I had to go through, had your face broken or bones broken or concussions or any of that stuff. You have no opinion in my opinion. So just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> but if you are a wrestler and you are listening to this and I have hurt your feelings, you know, it doesn't mean I don't respect what they do. Right. Uh, it just, it, and that they, that they can't do it anymore. But I just think there's a point where you draw the line and you say, okay, we're using these guys as celebrities, but they're not going to run with the banner of our company. Well, and, and, and again, I was pushing your buttons because I know you have some pent-up promo <laughs> aggression, and I wanted to let you have an opportunity to get that out. Um, with that being said, I, you know, we got Eddie Kingston and Homicide sitting there backstage. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And, and the Rock and Roll Express, um, as much as everyone gets caught up in it, let's, let's, again, if we're looking at wins and losses, if we're treating this like a professional wrestling company, wins and losses, they have a no decision at the Crockett Cup with the Briscoe brothers. Again, maybe a match they shouldn't have been involved with. Then we come to mm-hmm. we we come to power, and they're getting a title match. Now I get it 
because the wild card did beat the Dawsons and the wild card did beat uh, the Outlaw Inc. Homicide and Kingston. There aren't a lot of tag teams left. Um, mm. But uh, again, you know, I, I even feel because again, you and I don't exactly see eye to eye on this situation. But I feel like if you were going to do that, you should have had a match that built the rock and roll up to get that opportunity. I felt like it was something that was gifted to him and something that probably, uh, again, if you're going to do it, do it, but do it the mm-hmm. right way. But um, mm-hmm. man, can you believe we've been talking for over an hour now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you probably have to edit this show down. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I love professional wrestling. Uh, you know, a lot of people that love the Rock and Roll Express, especially people that grew up watching them. Yeah. Um, or, or some of the other wrestlers that I've mentioned uh, might have a might might get a little butt hurt by it. <laughs> but you know, like I said, if if you if you've actually got in the ring and had you know fifteen hundred plus matches like I have, right? Uh, have been have been you know have actually been there and done something and and paid some dues. You know, I'll listen to your opinion and I'll respect it. I may not agree with you. Sure. Um, and, and even in your case, Jay, it's not that I don't respect your opinion. I think you know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I get- I, I, and in fact, but, and again, you, you know, you, we've, we've known each other for, for a long time now. 10 years. Um, yeah. For, for a decade. And again, it, it's not that I don't feel like someone has a right to their opinion, but it's just, it's it just to me, it's something that was always a peeve even when I got into wrestling. Right. Before I knew anything about anything, I said, I don't want to be one of those 40-plus-year-old guys still trying to hang on. Right. When it's time to go, it's going to be time to go. I want to go out as close to my prime as possible uh, because I don't want to set an example and be the guy that – I don't want to be the guy that held me back. Right. And, and, you know, the best thing I felt like I could do was get out of the way and open the door for a Ricky Starks. You know, and it, uh, for somebody of that nature. And again, I'm not trying to say I opened the door for Ricky. No, no. I made a way for him. But guys like that are the guys that should be getting the opportunities that should be, you know, wrestling the Colt Cabanas and, and having the big matches, having the stage and having the opportunity. Uh, you know, again, didn't didn't Colt and Ricky, they were a tag team. Uh, it was a good win loss there, too. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, there, there, again, there was a lot of things they could have done that they didn't do. Sure, sure, um, sure. And again, again, like I said, I don't want to harp too much on it, but I did want to give my two cents on it. And uh, for sure, and and I probably will again at some point because I'm sure this won't be the last time something like this happens. So that's gonna wrap it up for us this week because honestly, I think my battery is about to die. I've got a 12 hour <laughs> battery on this uh, laptop, and I think it's got every little bit left of it. Um. Kevin, I'm not sure if we're going to do a show next week, buddy, because there is no show next week. If we do it, it'll just be a talk NWA riff with there's no show sure. to review. Um, but how can people follow you on social media, Kevin? If people want to reach out to you and tell you that you're wrong about the Rock and Roll Express, how can they do it? Um, you can find me on Instagram uh, and Twitter at Kevin Lee Frazier. Uh, that's, as we'd say in wrestling, that's my shoot name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's how, that's how you can find me online. Um, as far as YouTube channel, uh, I do have a YouTube channel as just Kevin two, four, seven. Uh, and I also do have a, a wrestling channel from back in the day, uh, Kevin Douglas two, four, seven. And you can also find me on, uh, on Facebook, Kevin L Frazier. I have a page on there. Um, again, most of my stuff is inspirational, motivational. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a, a a licensed minister. So I do talk a little bit about stuff like that, uh, but I'm not going to shove it down your throat. Uh, do love talking wrestling. 
I do love talking baseball. So, yeah, anybody who wants to reach out and talk about anything, or like I said last week, you know, if you're a wrestler, you listen to this show, um, maybe you're struggling with some of the some of the darker sides of the business. Um, you know, I've had plenty of wrestlers reach out to me since I retired to talk about this sort of thing. Feel free to reach out. Um, you know, my my message box is always open. So is my my phone, and I don't mind uh, giving out my number to somebody that's that might be struggling a little bit. I've been there, and we'll and we'll put links to uh, to both your YouTube pages on here. Um, we'll put them in the video sure. as well as in the description. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, Kevin's a great guy. Like I said, we've known each other for ten years. Kevin has always been uh, welcoming and opening to talk about anything. Now, mostly we talk about baseball and wrestling, but Kevin's been there for me when I, w- I need to talk about certain things. So uh, please, if you're feeling like you need to talk to someone, don't hesitate to reach out to Kevin Douglas, Kevin Frazier. Um, and that's going to do it. Again, you can follow me at first to third on Twitter, but you can follow the Alliance at the Alliance blog. We got you covered, baby. We got you on YouTube, Twitch TV. We got you on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, we're even on Tumblr, if that's still a thing. And we're on TikTok, you millennials. Come check me out. Um, until next time, guys, we'll see you at the matches. Good night now. Thank you, sir.